I think maybe I have the superpower of persuasion and bringing people together. So she was she was like actually complimenting me for for doing the work that we're doing now, and how I go about doing that so quick and getting everyone mm-hmm. so quickly involved mm-hmm. and everything. I don't know how to say that, but maybe it's more it's not a word, but more a sentence of I enjoy working as a team and bringing everyone together, bring everyone the journey, mm-hmm. and I know who to go to. Welcome to Latinx in Power, a podcast hosted by Thaisa Fernandes. Welcome to Latinx in Power. I'm so honored to have Thelma Neves with us today. Hey, Thaisa. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thelma has a bachelor degree in graphic design and a master's in communication design. She initiated her career as a graphic designer and transitioned to user experience over the years. Thelma has experience managing design teams from the agent side and also client side. Now, she's a product designer manager at BT. Thelma Neves is a Latinx in power because she's a Brazilian who decided to follow her dreams, move to the UK and work as a design manager for a long time. Can I share something personal? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember when we first met at the wedding of our dear friend, Olivia. And I remember when we were talking about our careers, you said, I love to be a manager. I love to manage people and products. And I thought they were so powerful. <laughs> I know. Can't believe it's been a year ago. <laughs> How would you describe your journey? It's funny um, to think about this as a journey. It's like, it's like you never think about that as a journey, do you? Just think it's your life. But yeah, yeah it's been a journey. And that made me think like, wow, 13 years ago. I moved to UK. <laughs> What have I done? Why did I do that? And then you start like just trying to remember why you made the decisions that you made. But I think everything started uh, 13 years ago or maybe 14 years ago when I, I decided I wanted to do my master's degree. I actually moved mountains in Brazil to to try to make that happen. I had to, I moved jobs, so I changed jobs. Uh, I was working at the time in a clothing company called Thais Guzmão, and I loved that job, but they didn't pay really well. And uh, I moved to an agency where I actually got paid better, and then I could mm-hmm. start saving money for my master degree. Mm-hmm. At the time, I wanted to go to Italy or Spain mm-hmm. for that, but... When I started researching, I noticed that you need to have a really good level of knowledge of the language. Mm-hmm. And it was zero to none Spanish or Italian. So I had to potentially go to America or UK because there was the English uh, English language and I was okay with it. And I wasn't like as good as I am now, of course, but it was okay to do a master degree on that. Mm-hmm. So I knew that my best friend, uh, Luciana, was living in Bournemouth, UK, and I asked her, so well, how is it there? How is things? How is life? Can you can you share a little bit with me? Uh, do you recommend me going there? And she's like, yeah, why don't you come and live with me? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> so let's go. <laughs> so after a few months, uh, I saved up uh, a book ticket and I went to UK. So I started mm-hmm. living with her and... When I got in UK, it was really nice. Uh, as a new person living in the foreign countries, it's always so exciting. <laughs> I met loads of people. She has loads of friends. I start my degree. I finish after one year. And after that, in UK, they were giving, at the time, they were giving two years full-time work visas for oh, nice. students. Mm-hmm. So I applied for that. I got a visa. And after nine months, 
sending CVs, doing interviews, searching for jobs. I finally got a job uh, as a graphic designer in a financial company uh, as a maternity cover. So it wasn't a like a, a permanent one it was a temporary mm -hmm. one for maternity cover and that was really exciting because it was my first job and I was like I can't believe it I really impressed them it was really exciting <laughs> so that was really fun and it was my first job in UK so it taught me a lot it taught mm -hmm. me a lot about how to communicate with stakeholders it taught me a lot mm -hmm. how to do presentations how to do storytelling I gained confidence uh, with that and and how to lead projects so mm -hmm. that that was really 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 good for me it built my confidence my knowledge or methods and tools in the industry also helped me uh, to get where I am today mm -hmm. so I think that was almost like a foundation base for me to to learn how how it is here because of course you know everything in Brazil when you you have the knowledge but when you're in a different country different culture mm -hmm. different ways of doing things mm -hmm. you almost like need to relearn everything as like yeah. it's, it's quite funny interesting isn't it Yeah, exactly. It's interesting because there's like the language part that plays a huge part, but there's also the culture, the different products and the way of like doing things. It's also exciting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. it, it is like a scary thing, but exciting. You kind of like want to to go for it. You want to mm -hmm. learn more and you want to do more. And all the time you've done something, you want to just like another step and another step. So it was really, really good for me. So today I work as a product design manager for BT. Mm -hmm. BT stands for British Telecommunications. So BT is a, is a group basically. And under BT group, you have three brands. So under the umbrella, you have BT, you mm -hmm. have EE, that mm -hmm. is a mobile network and Wi-Fi as well. And plus Nat, that is a different brand, uh, is up north UK. I predominantly work uh, on EE brand. I love to work for this company. It's, um, I think if, if I see how I got here, it kind of like makes completely sense because I always wanted to work for a company where put the customers first, put the mm -hmm. customer in the heart of everything that we do. And they are doing something completely different. Uh, they were restructuring at the time. Before I even applied for the job, uh, I found out that they were restructuring at the time. And they pointed out two new roles, uh, MD for digital mm -hmm. and a design director mm -hmm. for a company that has so much heritage, mm -hmm. so much uh, like old culture as like different ways of working to mm -hmm. bring that into the play means that they're doing changes in their pressure model they're doing changes to make it better basically for the digital team for the design for the design team as well so i thought that that was really interesting and when i found out that i applied for a job because they had the product design mm -hmm. manager role there and applied for the job and i got it <laughs> so that was really interesting and You have 106 designers uh, across four sites. We oh. have three brands and it's a very exciting place to be working on at the moment because I think we are changing in a day-to-day -day basis. We change the ways that, that we we do design. We, mm -hmm. we talk about users, how we solve problems, mm -hmm. how uh, we change behaviors. It's, it's all about that. And that's really exciting. Really cool. This next one is my favorite question. I always get really interesting answers up. I need to ask you, what does it mean to be a Latina for you? I know this uh, this question is amazing. I think it means to be proud and mm -hmm. passionate about what we do and who we are all the time. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband always jokes with me about this. He says that no matter what and how they do in UK, in Brazil, it's 20% better. Because <laughs> I always joke to him that it's like, no, but you do it here in Brazil, we do it this way. Because it's so much better. Because I'm so passionate and proud about being Brazilian, about mm-hmm. my culture, mm-hmm. about my heritage. Uh, and I think we we very much leave, uh, leave that in a day-to-day, even being far away, being here for 13 years, I think I always trying to bring Brazilian culture close to, to my home, mm-hmm. listen to Brazilian songs, cooking, mm-hmm. the food is always really part of, I think for any Brazilian food, family, sharing friends and family here, my new friends and family here, now they're married so I have the other side of the family as well so it's I think I've always been passionate about those stuff so I think that comes with my my culture my my Brazilian culture my Latino mm. culture awesome yeah I love that part because I feel living in another country we learned a lot we need to adapt a lot but at the same time we can combine our culture our ways of doing things and thinking with the country you're living so I think it makes us really powerful and depending where you are I know that you're in America and I'm in UK it's, it's again it's different culture that they have is a different mm-hmm. different life um, but it's funny to think that how you can change people as well in the process and mm-hmm. for the best mm-hmm. um, so like my f- husband's family my parents-in-law they they never used to hug or kiss mm-hmm. like when you used to come to my house uh-huh. and oh I found that really surreal. So <laughs> I started introducing this and now they, they can't let it go. <laughs> so it's like kisses and hugs and like to clap, like taps in the back and everything. So I, I found that really amusing that I was, it was, it's that powerful, our culture and the way that we treat people, the way that we welcome people to our lives, to our homes, that they kind of like get that and now mm-hmm. they made their own. <laughs> Amazing. So it's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, huggers now. <laughs> they are huggers and kisses. Yeah. <laughs> and what is your best tip for making the world a better place? That that one is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is so much uh, we can do. I think that there's uh, something that you can do yourself. There's something that you can do at work. I think if we, if you go like into the work side of it there is a lot of conversations about climate change there's a lot about the reduction of carbon emissions and especially now uh, where I'm working we are thinking about that we're thinking about the future we think about how actually that reflects to the, our products how that reflects to our services mm-hmm. uh, we sell mobiles we sell devices we sell wi-fi connections we sell all those things how that's going to be reflecting in 10 20 30 years time uh, so that's the part of it. But I think as an individual, I think I always try to, to do my best. And mm-hmm. now I think even more so with these conversations, like with uh, thinking about clothing, like buy less clothes, for example, you know how much water is waste to produce like one piece of fabric or one piece of like trousers and mm-hmm. T-shirts. There is a lot of conversation about your eating behavior like eating less meat um, mm-hmm. I know that you were vegan and mm-hmm. uh, like now I'm buying books to, to help me to think about new recipes to mm-hmm. actually think about uh, I don't eat meat so mm-hmm. why why do I eat meat 
you know what I mean? It kind of mm-hmm. like question yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, here in UK, we're very good in recycling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in America as well, no. So, but here uh, we do a lot of recycling. Uh, we try not to waste food as well. So that's that's very important for me. We try to like plant uh, fruits and vegetables, uh, herbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that it's, it's, I think it's every little helps. Uh, if there is everyone thinking about this at the same time, I'm sure that we would make a difference in, in the future. Mm-hmm. So it's a really hard question because maybe it's not enough or maybe mm-hmm. it's not a wide, wide no knowledge that about all this, but it's how you actually transfer your knowledge to other people and how you can you can share with other people your knowledge and how you can make this, this change in the world. Yeah, I think you brought an interesting thing that sometimes it's more about the small actions that you can do in your daily lives, each yeah. individual, than something like that is huge and complicated. And sometimes we depend on like politicians, the government that, you know, we know that it's harder and takes time. So I agree. I feel that it's more like us trying to be trying to do our best and our small actions count. For sure, yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. And and always make you think. No, I think he, with the amount of people that you know, uh, everyone has their own uh, history, uh, history to tell or different ways of doing things. So I, I try to learn a lot from others. Mm-hmm. So maybe I think the same that if I try to teach others, they might learn something as well, something new every day, isn't it? So. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely see that, especially since I moved to here. So I'm vegan and I met a lot of people. So I have new friends. So they're always curious about what I eat. Sometimes they try and some of them became vegan. The other ones are reducing the amount of meat. And I think it's it's amazing. It's, a, it's something really huge. It is. And it doesn't take much, does it? If you think yeah. about it, it doesn't take much. It's, it's such a small step. To, mm-hmm. to do it and it's not even you don't we're not saying that you need to be completely vegan or you don't mm-hmm. need to eat you know what I mean it's just a mm-hmm. few days mm-hmm. uh, even my husband's parents start like some vegan mm-hmm. diets to reduce uh, the amount of meat that they eat and mm-hmm. actually improve their lifestyle so I, I found that fascinating even my mom in Brazil I shared her recipes with oh, her really? and she's really interested and she's amazing she, cook so it's like she can do anything so she and I think I, I learned from her to how to love vegetables so I have no I don't have any fussiness I, I eat anything so mm-hmm. there's no problem for me I think mm-hmm. to change this eating habits yeah mm-hmm. really cool and tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear these phrases first one your favorite place any beach in Brazil <laughs> cool. Any beach in Brazil with a nice sun, uh, a nice cocktail or a gin and tonic, <laughs> anything like that, I would be happy. Uh, I think I miss a lot that here. I miss the heat. I miss the, the uh-huh. nice warm water. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think something amazing that happens in Brazil, if you go to any beach, you have you can have anything. Right. You, yeah. you can have cocktails, you can eat, you can, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I know. And uh, <laughs> it's so funny that now Tom, that's my husband, Tom, and his two brothers and my sister-in-law, they went to Brazil with me once mm-hmm. and they found amazing. They were like, wow, you can buy sunglasses and a big a swim costume and you can also have a cocktail and <laughs> how, how can they be in the same place so it's, it's amazing it's like 
their mind were blown by that. So it's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and how about the the UK? I don't want to say the cheesy part of rain because all <laughs> rains here all the time. But uh, in a positive side, I would say here was the place that my husband taught me how to surf. I'm not an amazing surfer. I'm not saying that. Uh, oh, wow. But yeah, um, I learned here and I think that brought me, it kind of like connects to my favorite place that is the beach. So uh -huh. even though here is not as warm as Brazil and it's not the same place, uh -huh. I still try to, to have that connection with the water and we live close to the water here as well. Uh -huh. So we don't live in London, we live in Highcliffe, that is a very small village or town that is 10 minutes from the beach walk mm -hmm. so i found myself very lucky to be living here and it's amazing I, i i just love like the quiet as well and being from sao paulo where everything is like yeah. a nightmare come to a place that is completely the opposite literally mm -hmm. uh it's quite relaxing really cool and this is my second favorite question your superpower I was in a meeting today and I got a comment from one of the heads of products and she said, Thelma, you have uh, have this power of bringing people together mm -hmm. and uh, getting help. Everyone wants to help you. So I think maybe I have the superpower of persuasion and bringing people together. So she was she was like actually complimenting me for for doing the work that we're doing now and how I go about doing that so quick and getting everyone mm -hmm. so quickly involved mm -hmm. and everything. I don't know how to say that, but maybe it's more, it's not a word, but more a sentence of, I enjoy working as a team and, and bringing everyone together and bringing everyone on the journey. Mm -hmm. And I know who to go to for what I need as well. So mm -hmm. I don't waste time or people's effort or anything. So, and communication as well, I think, yeah. And a surprise. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that counts as a, as a good surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But definitely yeah, but definitely surprise. was a surprise. <laughs> And talking more about your, your career, what do you wish you had known when you started your career? I think uh, the thing that I wanted to tell myself, if I could go back in time, um, is it's okay to fail. I think when I was younger, um, I had this perception that I had to be perfect uh, and the work should be outstanding. Mm -hmm. uh, and now, now that I'm a manager and I'm coaching other designers in the industry, I think it's important to create a safe environment culture where we can be honest when things go wrong as well as right, mm -hmm. um, celebrate learnings and have less expectations com coming top down. Uh, of course, stakeholders have a big part in our in our life, so it, well, in our work. So it's how we control that. I think it's quite important for me to almost like stop the noise coming to them and let them do the work that they meant to be doing, do the research, learn from users, learn the behaviors, test and learn. As a design team, we are driven by user needs, and all that we do is based on evidence. Uh, mm -hmm. We trust each other. We have the freedom to try, fail and keep learning in all that we do. So at work, we have this UCD process that we create internally called Build, Measure, Learn, BML. So essentially, it's to learn fast and continuous, improve, continuous improvement. So I think that's so important as a designer that 
you you have the freedom to to be able to fail and learn、mm-hmm. from your from the things that didn't go right. And it's not even a fail; is it? It's just that you're trying. You never、yeah. know until you actually test, until、mm-hmm. you make a life for customers, until you you get evidence, you get data, you get it's so much that it, it drives that performance for that particular team that you're making life. So. I think it's really important as a designer that you need to understand that you need to let yourself go. Otherwise, almost like impact in your work.、Yeah. Uh, you always care, or you, you know, the creative because you always care of failing. So I think definitely is important to teach that to others, and it will be good to know that in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think I I have been thinking about that a lot lately, especially, and I feel it's so powerful. I. I Right now, I'm saying that I'm a perfectionist in recovery because I don't want to be a perfectionist anymore. And actually, I want to fail, and I want to fail fast, and I want to improve. And I think it's so powerful having this mindset. It alleviates a lot of pressure. What matters in the end is really how fast you can recover, how fast you can improve and learn. Instead of like doing things right from the first time, which is impossible, it's impossible to do、exactly. that all the time. Exactly, we have a saying at work saying that no matter what we're gonna make alive, it's not gonna be perfect.、Mm-hmm. That we know that it's not gonna be right. So if you already have the expectation, so、mm-hmm. you shouldn't be, you shouldn't hold back. Basically, so just just do the most bonkers thing as well. Be as creative as you can. Of course, take everything consideration for what、mm-hmm. you're trying to deliver.、Yeah. But I think that should launch your creativity to the sky, shouldn't it? Because if the perception is that, well, what do I have to lose? If the 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 outcome would be something that I would have to iterate anyway, so why be afraid to hold back? Yeah, and this mindset you can apply in everything. Anything, yeah. Anything you do, and you can actually, you can do more. You can do more. You can experiment, and it's it's amazing. It's a new world for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You definitely could apply that to anything in your life. Is is it is it that career that you didn't you don't know if you will be able to get? Is、mm-hmm. it that job? Is it I don't know. Oh, I'm trying to save for this, so saving money towards something.、Uh, is this something related to, I don't know, or I don't think I would never get to that point in in my life. So definitely, it's maybe just thinking that thinking that you can and thinking that why not? Why not、mm-hmm. you? It、mm-hmm. should be you. Why not? You should put yourself first. Love that. And I talked about that before. And I love when you said to me that you really enjoy being a manager, and I thought that was really powerful. I absolutely love that. And I'm curious. So, what <laughs> do you enjoy the most in being a manager? I think、uh, I love everything about being a manager. I love I love managing people. I love coaching. I love. Understanding、uh, the frustrations, understanding how can I help, how can I apply my own skills and my own experience to help them out, basically. And I think before going to be a manager, I was always、uh, frustrated with certain things or in the process or pressure model. And now I always thought that maybe if I try to be a manager, maybe I can actually help. And、uh, change things and t- make things better. So when I got my job as a manager, I 
I told her, okay, now now that's it. We can make things different. We can definitely have those tough conversations with stakeholders. We can definitely start changing the way that we ways of working internally. And I think that that's what I love as well. I love be able to to do that and make a difference. I don't like to you know that you always had a bad manager perhaps in your past. And I never would like to be that one. I would like to, mm-hmm. to actually try to be a difference, trying to make a difference for my team, for my direct reports and for what we do internally as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think is so important. Cool. And I imagine that being a designer manager, you definitely need to be curious. You need to be curious about people, process, product, a lot of things. So what are you curious about right now? So many things. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm in a very, very special place right now, as I, as I like to say. I am a product design manager and I just recently I changed teams mm-hmm. and now we working uh, in a vision and a strategy for the product mm-hmm. and I am absolutely loving it. I never worked with strategy before. I always wanted to, but I never had the chance to do it. So I'm really curious about how can I influence, how I can contribute, how can we work as a team? How can we bring more teams together? How can we work more collaborative? How are we going to start looking to this? How are we going to start actually building this vision that mm-hmm. is a strategy that is actually going to turn up to be a backlog? <laughs> mm-hmm. How are we going to deliver this? So that's a very exciting process and this strategy is is a vision for the company uh, i love the fact to be to be able to be working there and be contributing to it so yeah it's really interesting yeah i think design visions are so interesting and mind-blowing and i think especially right now it's really good to think about the future so we don't need to think that much about 2020 <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> And you mentioned um, about changing teams and I'm curious about how was your process? I think we were talking before we started recording about um, changing changing careers, changing jobs. So yeah, I'd love to hear more about your process, your thinking. Yeah, so when I started uh, in this company that I'm working for at the moment, I started uh, working in a particular area and uh, I had the opportunity to be able to change to a service area to a sales area. Mm-hmm. And the jump and the change of scenario and outcomes and the pace of it, I think it really suits me mm-hmm. as a person because I'm all about uh, a calm be at home. Uh, I need to have something that I can work on. I need to be excited about stuff. Mm-hmm. I need to be all the time working and, and learning and communicating with the team. And I found sales is very much like that because sales is something that is for yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you're working on stuff. You do have time to do the research. Don't get me wrong. We do have that time, but it is a fast paced scenario. It is a more engaging process. It is about everyone working together. And the, the beauty of it is that everyone in this team in this area that is the upgrade area so it's when you're already a customer and you mm-hmm. finish your contract and you're ready for upgrade so it's that journey basically that i looked at and uh, everyone was new to the area so there's other people coming in from other areas or new people coming to the company so new new employees and there is so many women <laughs> it's amazing we are we call ourselves like power women because literally i've never been 
you have in meetings that it's really hard to get your voice across or if you're a man in, in a meeting, it's really hard for them to get the voice across uh-huh. or communicate something because it's, it's so exciting to have uh, the head of product is a woman, the S, the senior product one is a both women, the POs under them, mm-hmm. women. So mm-hmm. it's really, really exciting because I, I am the only woman as a product design manager. So mm-hmm. everyone else is a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for me to be able to work with others and learn from them, I think is exciting and amazing. So yeah, I found myself in a really good position. I think I'm I'm learning every day, and I'm always happy to to like uh, share my my learnings with them as well. And they're very receptive. So it's really it's really exciting. It's really good. But in terms of changing jobs, it's quite interesting that if I wasn't that excited about moving to a different um, area internally and get excited about getting new challenges. I think that's when you, you in time, you kind of like try to reflect about what you're doing, reflect about what you want your career to be. That mm-hmm. if you don't have those challenges and excitement periods yeah. that you think that you're learning and you're growing, uh, it's really hard to stay in the company. So that's where you click and you say, look, I think I've I use everything that I could possibly use from this company. I learn everything that I could possibly have learned from it. And I think you kind of like decide internally in your head that you need to move on. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a natural thing, isn't it? I think everyone does that. That's why you move careers. That's why you progress as well. And you grow. And if you want to be, if you, was, if you were a designer and you want to be a manager, or if you want to jump from all the areas because you learn from it, that's the time when you like, you know yourself that it's time to move on and try, try to, to go to a different different journey mm-hmm. basically yeah you brought an interesting point i think this is so important to really pay attention and also think about if you're excited about your job your team what you're doing because this is definitely really important and i'm curious about what's the most important quality of a product designer should have in your opinion i think a challenge that a lot of product designers uh, or any designer face is if they should go deep or bored in their skills, I think. Depending where you work or set in your or in an organization, sometimes feels like uh, you literally need to know everything. So sometimes it, there's no, especially a product designer nowadays, I think we, we use the sentence as like they are unicorns, so they should know UI and UX. So it's quite a, a lot of skills, isn't it? It's quite a lot of tools. It's quite a lot of stuff to know. But there is so much information out there that it's very easy to get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to focus your time on things that really matters and what make you a better designer for the long run. Mm-hmm. So if you spend your time on specific books or subjects, you might miss out uh, on things that you can, it can be important for your career, basically. So I think it, tools and methods you can learn very easily but there is other things that I think is quite important so I kind of like have four I believe mm-hmm. so one is communication yes. if you are able to message uh, to get a message across in a fast and appealing way it makes all the difference we interact with co-workers we, with users with employees and of course with stakeholders clients during a project so being a great communicator is key to actually get things done a good example is storytelling, isn't it? So mm-hmm. if you can do that, I think that that's a skill that you're going to have for life. Another one, I think, is facilitation. 
So not only workshops, but also being able to handle and use group dynamics to get a team to achieve the best outcome in a little time as possible. So if you can do that together with the communication, you're already like amazing. So it's great. It's great to have certain skills that could help you bring the synergy, because when you're a part of a team, you need to you need to have the synergy. You need to create that dialogue. You need to, to be honest with each other. You need to you dependable with each other, basically, aren't you? I think that kind of brings me to my third one that is um, empathizing. So it's not really a surprise, is it? You need to be empathetic. You need to, uh, you need to be able to to learn uh, or to listen to others. Uh, so especially as a designer, you need to listen to users. You need to. This is your nature day nature, isn't it? It's, it's what our job is about. So learning to see, understand the world from someone else's perspective and be able to connect with them is a skill that provides great results mm-hmm. in the end. And curiosity, because we were just talking about curiosity before, yes. and I think curiosity is is everything, I think, to be a designer, is to be able to explore ideas, to discover new things, to do research, to learn from competitors, to learn from others, to be able to think uh, far ahead, to be able to think in that blue sky, basically. So... This is not really a list. This is mm-hmm. not like um, a step-by-step thing that I think someone, if you, if you want to be a designer, that's what you should have. But I'm sure that, that everyone has different ideas, but this is just my thoughts, I think. Um, I don't think just about learning tools and methods, as I said, is about developing your communication, mm-hmm. facilitating empathy and curiosity, curiosity for sure. And this is probably the things that, as a manager, some things that I always look for when I'm hiring yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that you normally see in a portfolio. It's not something that you normally exactly. see in a CV. Yes. It's something that you do when you talk to someone, when you do the face-to-face or now, is that's our new norm in a video conference, how you get that across, how you come mm-hmm. across that. So I think it's really important that you bring those things up front when you're doing that because it's really important for any team. Yeah, this is so interesting how maybe in the beginning people focus more on the tools instead of other things for communication, for example, and how communication plays a huge part as a designer. And I think in general, I I love your suggestions and you can also apply to different areas. And this is so interesting. I imagine like for product managers, for example, communication is like the first Thing, in my opinion, it's so important, but also for designers, engineers, product owners, program managers, this is like yeah. the most important thing because in the end of the day, you're working with people and you need to communicate with people, your ideas, your suggestions and work together. So communication is definitely the key to everything. It is, it is. And you kind of like forget that now I think remotely is even harder to yeah. be able to keep that communication going. Mm-hmm. You need to do, you need to work extra hard to make sure that you're talking because you're not seeing people. You're not having that like quick corridor chat or ch- uh, catch up with anyone. Nowadays, I, I found even harder to maintain that. So how you keep that, especially with my my team or making sure that they keep the communications in between their squads. Mm -hmm. So it's how we keep that going, keep the momentum, keep it moving in a health way, of course. But yeah, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. And I'm always up for communication, collaboration, 
I think I try to avoid silo. I try to avoid having like small talks, like separate without involving the right people. I always mm-hmm. t- think it's fundamental to bring everyone along the journey. Uh, otherwise, you're not going to get what you want, yeah. essentially. You just end up having, duplicating the, your effort to actually yes. create more meetings with other people mm-hmm. and then say the same thing over and over again. <laughs> whereas you could just do one big meeting and that's it, done. <laughs> yeah, perfect. And what is helping you to cope during this pandemic situation? Is there anything you wanted to share that is helping you? I think the most important thing is being present. Mm-hmm. I think especially with the pandemic, isn't it? You'd never know what's going to happen. You don't know what was going to be in, in a week, two weeks, a month, next year. You don't know anything. So my husband, he's a great supporter. Uh, also my friends and family, but he always says that we will cross that bridge when we get there. Mm-hmm. So there's no point thinking about the future if you can't control it and you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I love that that saying, I will cross, you, we will cross that bridge when we get there because that's exactly that, isn't it? There's no point of thinking about that now. So yeah, this is just my perspective <laughs> of how I'm feeling now because I don't want to worry about things. I don't want to I don't know if it's going to happen, if it's not going to happen. I think it's so important and key for us to to live the right now and be present. Yeah, I love that. I really like that. And I think it's an interesting and amazing way to to finish our podcast. And definitely let's think about the present, what we are living right now, because I think we all learned that this year we, we can't control the future. And sometimes yeah. that's no point about like thinking that much. What matters is that let's build a better future and now. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. There is no tomorrow or there is tomorrow, but who cares? It's like, let's even now. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Thelma. I, I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you for having me, Thaisa. Yeah, I hope hope I came across okay. (laughs) Yeah, that was amazing. That was really cool. That's it for today. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed it. We'll have more interviews with amazing Latinx every first Tuesday of the month. Check our website, latinxempower.com to hear more. Don't forget to share. Comments and feedback always with kindness. See you soon.